Hey friends, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Uh, today we're talking about CDF Capital, our premier brand sponsor. Your church matters and so do you. The church is the integral part of God's story for redemption and transformed lives. It is a necessary part of God's redemptive plan for humanity and his plan A for the entire world. And with God, there is no plan B. Since 1953, CDF Capital has helped church leaders like you and individuals like you bring light to the world through the thoughtful stewardship of their capital. CDF Capital is so much more than just a lender. They are a ministry and their ministry is simple, to lend money to churches. However, unlike traditional financial institutions, they do so much more. As a ministry, they win when your objectives line up with their objectives and the kingdom grows. But that's not just through the lending transaction. CDF Capital builds relationships with like-minded church leaders to maximize the capital for their churches. Together, when we all partner with the Lord to bring spiritual leadership and financial capital to the church, the results are transformational. Join this transformation and contact CDF Capital to learn more about their loan and investment programs today at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary. That's cdf.capital forward slash unseminary. Are you looking for practical ministry help to inform and inspire your leadership? Do you have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of other leaders in pursuit of stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast, presented by CDF Capital, helping churches grow. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. So glad that you have decided to tune in. You are welcome to the first of a two-part series with my friend, Kenny Jang. If you do not know Kenny, uh, he's the founder of Big Click, Big Click Syndicate. Uh, he is really all over the internet. If you are looking for information, help on communications, and particularly AI, he is the go-to. Kenny, welcome to the show. So glad you're here. Yeah, great to be with you, Rich. Every single time I'm with you, I just know I'm going to have some fun. Nice. I love this. And, you know, Kenny and I are friends in, in the real world, uh, but I wanted to bring him on the podcast to talk really about two different distinct things. So this episode today is all about year-end giving. And then next week, we're going to talk about AI because Kenny is the bishop of AI. So you're going <laughs> to want, uh, he's helping all kinds of ministries on this these days. But today we want to talk really about year-end giving. But first, why don't you give us a bit of your background? Kind of tell us a bit of the Kenny Jang story. Uh, for folks that don't know, tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs> Great. Uh, the clip that version is, um, I spent a good deal of time working in the marketplace, mostly in mm -hmm. um, the marketing communications space, right? Building those muscles for direct marketing, advertising, um, you know, all the different uh, disciplines of marketing. And then mm -hmm. I went to seminary. I was called to seminary and have, you know, refocused my energies in helping ministries build marketing engines that basically nurture raving fans for the mission. Uh, one of the things that we see is nonprofits, ministries, churches, um, they are like the best kept secret. They've got so much mm. good and the work that they do transforms people. And But sometimes it's just hard to get the word out. And so I think God's call has been for me to take those marketplace best practices and help ministries get the mm. word out on the street and build just this tribe around the cause and the mission 
that they have in front of them. Yeah, I, you're being really humble, Kenny. This is the thing I like about you. You are, you know, you've helped all kinds of organizations, not only churches all across the country, folks that you would know, but uh, national nonprofits as well. Folks like American Bible Society, Biblica, CDF Capital, Leadership Network, Redeemer, United Methodist. It just goes on and on and on. <laughs> a lot of good friends. Uh, uh, yeah, amazing. And your education background is incredible too. You are like my one of my smart friends. So studied at Duke, Columbia, and Princeton. That's like the trifecta of amazing schools. Anyways, uh, I'm, I like I'm to collect paper, Rich. I like to collect. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. Well, anyways, well, let's talk about year-end giving. So this is coming up. You know, we've been kind of teasing this on social media. You know, the last 45 days of the year, this is super important. And I know that lots of nonprofits, particularly, they work all year thinking about this period. You know, and that number of the nonprofits that you've worked with, I'm sure, have been thinking about, you know, that last 45 days from a giving point of, point of view. Why is that so important? Why, why do they spend so much time thinking about that? Why should we spend time working on it? Yeah, I think it's it is the entire landscape of charitable giving some somehow is seasonal, right? And that Q4 of every single year is the time where uh, there's this huge opportunity in front of everybody because people are thinking about being generous. And mm -hmm. one of the things that I think is really important for every single ministry to think about is that in today's day and world, people are thinking about a portfolio of giving now. They don't just mm. give to one place. I think back in the day, it was a little bit more consistent where if you belong to a church, um, you definitely would support that as the majority of your wallet in terms of giving. And today we're just bombarded with so many different good causes, right? There's, there's an up <laughs> and downside of uh, social media and digital communications is that it is easier for so many great causes to present their unique opportunities to do good in this world mm, and help mm. you partner with them financially. But at mm -hmm. the same time, it just makes it a crowded space. And so mm -hmm. this is the time of year that if you have a vision for what you want to do next year and you want margin in your budget, if you want to expand and do have more impact, um, you have the ability to bring on financial partners to really align with what you have to do in terms of the mission of your organization. Right, right. Incredible. Yeah, I, I know um, there's percentages out there, like it's a huge percentage of giving that's given in the last 45 days. Um, and, you know, that obviously makes sense. I think part of it is driven by tax receipts, right? It's like, it's this interesting kind of combo in our culture of people are thinking about their annual giving and they start thinking about taxes, but then there also is the broader kind of... Christmas season does drive generosity as well. And so that ends up driving up, uh, you know, the amount of giving. In fact, I think 10% of all giving is done in the last 48 hours of the, of the year, which is crazy. That's like a huge amount of money. Uh, now, what advantages when you think about the local church? So I, I know from my seat, executive pastor, thinking about giving, I see all that um, all those other nonprofits out there, I see them, you know, talking to my people, <laughs> even if it's through ads online or, you know, every year I get this lumpy mail, this huge piece of mail that comes from this nonprofit that I've given to in the past, right early in the fall. I know that they're trying to target me by the end of the year. Um, uh, but what advantages do we have in the local church over nonprofits, particularly, uh, who might, we might look at and say, man, they're just so well-funded. They do just an amazing job on the communications front. What would be some of those advantages that, that you think we have? 
Yeah, I, I think we have a purpose and um, meaning and significance tied to giving as a spiritual discipline, not just as a transaction and an opportunity to help something. Now, uh, I think you know all there are many nonprofits that have great causes out there. Um, right. That it's not it's not that just because they're transactional, it doesn't mean that they're not good causes. But mm-hmm. I think the advantages churches have is that. This can either be the continuation of or the start of a conversation you can have with your people in terms mm. of what does generosity mean? And that this this season, if it's a campaign that you're building or something that you're trying to focus on, isn't just a one-time pop-up shop event, that it is part of a larger faith conversation in terms of a spiritual discipline. And I think that's the real advantage that we have in terms of focusing and framing that conversation. Yeah, totally. The other piece of it too that I know we have is we, and I think sometimes we take this for granted, like we see our people, not all of them, but we see our people every seven days. Generally, you know, when you think about a nonprofit, think about all the time, effort, energy they put into like a gala once a year, they kind of try to get everybody together. But we're, you know, in our environments, man, we see people every single week. And it's so critically important during this time of year that we leverage that weekend, that we leverage the chance to, you know, see people as they come and go out of our environments, knowing it's not everybody on top of any of that kind of other communication uh, that we, we, we use. Now, why do you think some churches maybe don't leverage these last 45 days of the year? What would hold them back? What would be the sticking points around them thinking, hmm, I just don't want to, I just don't want to do something extra above and beyond at this time of year? Yeah, I think the first one is just burnout. Everyone knows. I mean, if you've been in ministry for any length of time, Christmas is tiring, right? It's just, this is almost (laughs) the unspoken um, business side of doing churches. Christmas, Easter, these big days take a lot out of you as a pastor, as church staff, et cetera. Um, Many times you're just looking forward to getting through the season. Um, Mm. And so putting something else on your plate just is daunting for so many people. I think the Mm -hmm. second reason is it's hard to talk about money. We we are not taught Mm. in seminary on how to talk about money and generosity and giving. And Mm -hmm. the default is that you only talk about when you need it. And then you're training your audience to have this expectation of, oh, he only comes when it's something, right? It's only, it's, and there's a conflict of interest, right? Like when you talk about generosity, only when you need it, the audience senses that there's something off there. So I think people are not used to talking about money and generosity. They don't know how to. Um, and so that, I think that's a very big um, thing to stumble upon. Yeah, totally. I also know for us, in the past, there's been this tension. The first time we did uh, a year-end campaign like this, there's this tension of, hey, Christmas is a time of year where we want to be driving our people to invite their friends, that we want to be driving. And and will this kind of, if we also talk about giving stuff, will that somehow either dilute or distract from that messaging? And that's just not true. Like You can do both of them, do them well, Um, In fact, actually, one can help the other if we're a well-structured year-end campaign can um, also help, you know, really your appeal to the community around you because you end up talking about things that are making a difference in your community. You end up talking about the kind of things that actually first-time guests might be excited uh, to be a part of. Well, we, uh, you know, part of why I wanted to get you on is you and I and our friend Carrie Newhoff are running something called 
best year end ever, which is this is our second year. It's a coaching cohort. It's deliberately small. Uh, it's, you know, we're, we're going to have, uh, you know, a few handfuls of churches in this. This is not like a huge thing. The idea is to get face to face with you and me uh, and carry over this fall uh, and ultimately lead to the end of the year to to really have what it's called the best year endeavor. Um, and we've seen, you know, our hope is, our prayer is that, man, if you could engage with this process, you should be able to see somewhere around a 10% increase in your annual giving. So if you look at with your total budget of the year, it's not unreasonable. So let's say your budget is 500,000. It's not unreasonable to think about a $50,000 campaign. That would be above and beyond what you would anticipate uh, at the end of this year. Uh, this is our second year uh, that we've done this. Why don't you talk us through kind of some of the framework of it? How does it work? What's it look like? All those kind of things. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that we, we, the mantra that we have, I guess we should make t-shirts, Rich, is it's <laughs> plan the work and then work the plan, right? Yes. Um, yes. Some of it is, is that there's not really too much secret sauce. It really is just about discipline, sequence, priority of the work and getting ahead of it. And sometimes it's, again, it's overwhelming. So what we've done is we've laid out a calendar uh, mm -hmm. based on years of doing this for different organizations and churches. And mm -hmm. we've basically set up every single week a whole list of things to do. So if it's like going to the gym, I think, and having a personal trainer where you mm -hmm. don't actually need to think about, oh, what rotation of machines I need to do? What do I need to do? Is it leg day? Is it right? Like you don't need to mm -hmm. think about all that. You just need to show up. And then every single week, we will guide you through the process of what do you need to think of now? What do you think? What do you need to think about now that's going to impact two weeks, three weeks, four weeks later? And so um, we meet on a weekly basis um, mm -hmm. or, or bi weekly basis sometimes and weekly basis sometimes. And we will coach you through the entire process. I think. Rich, I think there's 87 different things that we cover over the course of the entire program. Mm -hmm. And um, I think if you talk to any of the participants, they all say it didn't feel overwhelming at all. Yeah, totally. You know, one of the things I we've destructured this with this just-in-time learning environment where um, really we want you to come to this with the the attitude of quick to apply. So don't, we've structured this. It is a proven step-by-step -step process that we've put together here. And it, it includes resources, which I want you to talk about in a second here, Kenny, but it, it, we've laid it out in a way that's like, okay, here's step one, step two, step three, step four. And don't come to this with your mindset around like, hey, I'm going to debate this. I wonder if this is the way to go. No, come to yeah. the mindset with quick to apply. Okay, I'm going to come to these sessions and I'm going to say, what can I put into action right away? What we've seen time and again, this is true in the cohorts you and I have run. I know in the stuff we've done that isn't together, just when we work with people in general, the people that get the most out of it are the people who come to the with the attitude of, okay, what can I, how can I just apply this? What do I, how do I make this happen? Think about execution. Don't think about, mm, is this the right way? This is a proven process. And we've, we've laid it out in a way to make it easy for you because we know you've got a lot going on. We know you've got a ton of, you know, things happening and you want kind of a guide, somebody to, to come along with you. Now, one of the things I love about what we've done here is put together a ton of ready to use resources. Yeah. Talk to us about some of those. What do those look like? How are they, you know, how are they pulled together? Uh, how, and maybe talk about last year, how we saw some of those be used. Absolutely. Well, I think the program is pretty amazing because, um, you, me, and Carrie sat down and really thought through what does a successful campaign need, right? And there's basically four phases. There's the countdown phase. You need to 
do all the work in terms of architecting your campaign and figuring out and planning the timeline. And then there's the second phase, which we call ignition. And that's literally like getting people ready. It's it started, trains, um, getting everything set up. And the third one is launch to go public. You're going to actually have a public section of the campaign. And the last mm -hmm. one is orbit, right? We just have this, um, you know, final celebration, a recap, and you want to have continuity again in that generosity conversation with your audience. And so if you take each of those phases, um, each one of them needs timelines and checklists, and you're, you're going to prepare emails, and you're going to start to actually plan and design brochures, and maybe send out postcards, and You'll need specific landing pages on your website, right? There's all these things that you're going to need. And what we've done is we've had professional designers create um, all these assets and design templates, whether it be video scripts, social media uh, templates, um, even text messages to invite mm -hmm. leaders to different meetings or coaching people. Um, there, again, we've created a tremendous library of design templates that everyone can use. Um, and we went even the extra step rich last year, which was we actually responded to the need that not every church has the same look and feel, right? Every church has a different personality. Yeah. And yeah. so we tasked our designers and challenged them. It's like, hey, can you come up with multiple versions, designs that a ultra modern, hip, cool church would take or a more traditional steeple church would use or something that's in the middle? Um, and so we have multiple variations of every single piece of marketing collateral that we've designed for this program. And so they're all ready to use. They're customizable. They're actually built as templates. So it's not hard to use. And in fact, I think at least two of the churches, Rich, last year uh, took some of the templates and the executive pastor started modifying the templates because he didn't even need to assign it to his own graphic designer internally, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. I know it's incredible. Like we, it's funny, right? Because you develop resources like that, and you're like, "Well, this will be great. Churches will use it," and then they use it, <laughs> which is amazing. And so, and and I know this is, yeah, you're right. Like particularly, you know, there this might be either a lead pastor or an executive pastor who pulls the trigger on this. And you know, here we are. We're in September. We're you know, it, you don't necessarily want to go to your design people and be like, "Hey, I'm going to dump a whole bunch of new stuff on you." We don't want to give them that pain. We want them to focus on other stuff. And so, what we've tried to do is even whether you're, um, you know, taking it and just absolutely, absolutely running with it or saying, Hey, make it look sort of like this. It's like, it gives your designer a huge head start on all of these individual pieces. Cause there, there is a certain amount of flotsam and jotsam that we have to generate, uh, to make a campaign go, uh, well like this. Now, Kenny, what about like potholes? When you think about a campaign like this, you know, that maybe doesn't go well in a church. Like there may not be people who are, maybe they'll do it themselves. Um, there's resources they can find online to help that. What would you say would be a common pothole that you've seen either a nonprofit or a church fall into when they uh, roll out a campaign like this, where they, you know, it might diminish their results, might not go as quite as well? Yeah, I think the most common one is that you basically, you know, you fall behind, right? And then it feels like, wow, if I just, you know, didn't get to this by this time that I originally mm -hmm. thought I would, then mm -hmm. you start to abandon the idea of this campaign. And I think this is one of the reasons why this program has worked successfully for the churches that have participated in it. Because 
um, you know, you arrive in October for our first meeting and you start to get acclimated with what the timeline needs to be and, mm-hmm. you know, all the timings and, and things like that. But mm-hmm. on, a, on each time that we meet across the, I think there's nine meetings that we will meet, um, you actually get personalized coaching. And that's the place that I think allows you to go from idea to implementation every single week so that you don't fall behind. It's not like a, it's not like some, I think some other workshops have been, you go to a training session and then you get a, a whole pile of homework they have to do where you just carved out an hour or two of your time to go through the training. And then now you're behind an hour or two of your weekly schedule. And then you're mm-hmm. telling me I got to do another 10 hours of work afterwards. And so right. um, this is one of those things on a weekly basis, we're able to catch you up and you actually be able to tell you exactly what you need to do for this next week, next two weeks. And we give you all the pre-designs and pre-written templates for you to just customize and put into action. In a, in a way, one of the participants in the, in the past has said, it just makes me look like a superhero. It looks makes me look <laughs> like I'm super productive to my staff. So true. Yeah, it's so true. You're like, wow, where did you come up with all this? This is amazing. That's, uh, that's so good. Now, actually, speaking of uh you know results we had last year uh this one of our our participants a guy josh from uh church in new york city just around the corner from you uh he participated tell us about his the, the, what happened at his church again not typical but pretty cool what happened at at his church yeah so they have never had a formal end of year giving campaign and so I think that's the first thing I think we need to dispel. Like this isn't for just those mega churches that have you know massive giving campaigns, et cetera. This is for almost every church. And so they've never had a giving campaign at the end of the year. Now they've done some fundraisers here and there, maybe for a missions trip or something. Um, and so they've actually went through the program, used our materials, and then he reported back that their giving campaign exceeded 4X the amount of any historical campaign that they've done um, in the past. And so that's a jaw dropping number. And if you, if you knew the details of the campaign of just how large it was, it was over, you know, it was was six figures that they were able to raise um, in this short period of time. And again, it was due to the fact that he was just able to stick to the plan. We, instead of plan the work, we've done the plan, the work, uh, now yeah. you just have to work the plan. And so yes. um, that's a great example of if you just follow through the, with the recipe, you'll get a great result in the end. Yeah, I love it. One of the things I love about Josh too is, you know, we have the the regular calls and <laughs> Josh wouldn't show up to the regular calls. He's like, listen, I'm not, the time didn't work in his time zone, which is fine. Uh, so he would just watch the replays, watch them on one and a half speed. So as you can imagine, yes. Kenny and I talking one and a half times faster. <laughs> Uh, but then jump right to application, which is amazing. And then there is a way for us to stay connected in between calls, which he was taking advantage of, reaching out, getting a chance for us to answer questions, because that's a huge deal. I know for me, um, what I'm looking for in a coach, it's it's like, I feel like I can figure out 90% of it, but it's usually that last 10%. I'm like, what about this? I need you to look at this document or take a look at this thing. What do you think about this headline? Or here are the three buckets that I'm thinking about it, but I'm struggling with what to call this third one. Or, you know, here is our, you know, here's an email that we're working on for next week. Take a look at it. all of those things. It was great to go back and forth with him. Uh, and then, you know, super excited to see, you know, the, that what happened at his church. Now, one of the crazy things that w- when we put this together with, you know, yourself, with Carrie 
is we're actually going to guarantee the results. Now, I don't know anyone that does any kind of fundraising stuff that is saying, listen, it, you, you, I know you're going to have to pay a fee for this thing, but the results are, are guaranteed. Uh, that seems crazy. Uh, you know. But the reason why we're doing that is because we're well, two things. We don't want to take your money. If you're not happy, we don't want to take your money. We're, we're, we're here to serve the church. We want, to, we want you to feel um, you know, super supported and we want you to feel great about this at the end of the process. But we also know it'll work. We know that if, if churches follow the process, uh, it'll end up you know, making a difference. And so talk to us about what does that look like? It's kind of funny. It's like results guaranteed. It's like a, you know, like an Amway ad or something, or like an old, those old uh, TV ads in the seventies, you know, it, it slices, it dices, it does Julian fries. Uh, what, what do we mean by, you know, a results-based guarantee? Yeah. I feel like I have to put on my radio voice and talk about the money back guarantee. <laughs> um, True. So I, I, and I think this comes, I remember the first meeting that we had with Carrie, you and me, and it was one of those things where we were just being approached and saw this need of churches of, you know, how do they actually fund their vision for the next year, right? We came out of COVID and it was challenging. A lot of attendances disappeared at that point and giving was up and down and unpredictable. And so there was this rising need of how do we help our congregation get back on track? Um, and for us, I think I remember the conversation vividly, Rich, it was all of us were just like, these churches need help. We just mm -hmm. need to help more churches. We mm -hmm. know that the potential is there. And mm -hmm. at the end of the day, again, it's not rocket science. It's just, you need to plan the work and work the plan. And mm -hmm. so I think all of us were just at, there was some point in the conversation I remember was like, how can we just make it as like frictionless as possible. How can we just make it a no-brainer that as many churches can just take advantage of this? Because I think for me personally, and I think you and Carrie, it's like, what can we do in terms of like making our dent in the kingdom to fund more ministry? We just need more ministry to happen in every single zip code out there. And it's just a, a fact of life that, you know, you need budget and funding to make ministry happen. And so that's where we started. And we just challenged ourselves. It was just one of those innovation questions. Like, how might we incite more leaders to actually say, raise their hand and say, yes, this season, I think I'm going to answer the call of really being bold and whatever call that you have on your life to put into action in, in your ministry for this next year. Um, mm -hmm. How do we figure out how to support you? And so that's what we said. We said, look, let's make it zero risk. Let's offer a hundred percent money back guarantee. Um, mm -hmm. if, if you go through the program and you're not happy with the results, then what would you want? I mean, you would be dissatisfied at the point. You'd be like, I, I, I don't want to pay for it. I paid for something mm -hmm. that didn't mm -hmm. exceed my uh, expectations. Mm -hmm. And so we just said, yeah, why don't we do that? Like we're, I mean, like you said, we're confident that there's a proven process that if your church just walks through it, you're going to get results. And so yeah, totally. that's why we're offering this guarantee. I, I think it makes sense to us in terms of trying to activate more leaders to mm -hmm. actually inspire them, support them, and at the end of the day, encourage them to do mm -hmm. more ministry and more impact into the next year. And then it yeah. makes sense from the participants' point of view that says, you know, we're here in a high trust environment and we're going to do anything we can to partner with you to actually make it possible for you to go to your people and um, really activate them in terms of their generosity profile. I think one of the things that, you know, Rich, 
if you look at the stats of giving, um, I think a lot of pastors have an aha moment when they look at their giving stats and sometimes they don't. And um, I, I read something recently, 37% 30%, of Protestant church-going people regularly give money to the church. There's a mm. lot of people that come to church and actually don't give to the church. Right, right. right and that right. something like 17% of Americans have reduced the amount that they give to church. And yet the average number of pre, uh, charities that someone supports is over, like it was like four and a half charities. So the average number of organizations and individual supports is four and a half. And yet they're giving less to the church and that not mm. all your people that actually come to church give. How do we activate them? How do we actually invite them into God's story to right. do more with what God has entrusted and stewarded them with? And so I think that's that's where this is all being driven from. Yeah, totally. We want to come alongside you. We have a track record of doing this. I can say no one who's got to the end of the program has asked for their money back, which, you know, yeah. also gives us confidence now. But if you want to, totally fine. We, you know, this is a, it is a, a hands open thing. We do not want to uh, hold you back. And we we know it'll work. Listen, if you put in the work, like we've been saying, we've put the plan together, we've brought the resources, we've got the experience, we're ready to answer your specific questions. Uh, we would love for you to join us. I really do think it'll be a great uh, opportunity for you. I'm super pumped about that. If people are interested, all they need to do is go to bestyearendever.com. We get kicked off at the beginning of October. So you need to take action now. Uh, reach out. Let's talk about how, uh, you know, if you've got any questions, we're happy to answer them. If you're following me on, you know, email or social media, reach out. I'm happy to answer whatever questions we can for you. If you need more information, if you have any more questions, we're happy to do that. I want to give you, Kenny, the last word here as we wrap up today's episode, but then we're looking forward to next week when we're going to talk to you about AI and really dive deep on how uh, churches can leverage AI to help them. Uh, but but let's uh, give you the last word as we think about the best year end ever. Yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a maybe it's a challenge or a call to action that says many times in the leader's life, um, we have we have dreams for what we can do in in helping exalt God and and do some kingdom work. But uh, sometimes we worry about our dreams and we try to manage them. And I would say, mm. don't worry about dreaming too big. Mm. Um, if you are doing it for the right reasons and you're trying to to actually mobilize your ministry, um, I challenge you to bring your vision, bring your goals. And let's figure out ways to fund your vision and figure out what, what we can do to help you put that plan into action for this next year. Um, I think mm -hmm. that's the biggest thing is like, how might you actually take the ability for your congregation to rally together around some good causes that you are focused on for this next year and mm -hmm. fund that vision for next year together? Mm -hmm. Love it. Thanks, Kenny. Appreciate you being here. Thank you for all that you're doing to help so many different organizations. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for tuning in to the Unseminary Podcast. Drop by unseminary.com for more helpful resources for you and your team. There you will find articles, online courses, and so much more. Unseminary, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Presented by CDF Capital. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary.